Okay, we are live. We are back. Jeff Burkus, writer, podcaster, Windy City Gridiron, joined by Eric Smith of the QB list. Eric had a siren going on in the background. We are going to try to create some sort of fireworks here tonight, talking about the flex position. Eric, how's it going? Oh, good. There's always something going on in uh, Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah, apologies. Hopefully that's the last siren for the day. But I'm doing good, man. It's uh, peak fantasy football season right now. Things are getting nuts and uh, lots of news to keep up with, as I'm sure you know from from training camps. So uh, lots of stuff going on. This is a great time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Though we've done shows on quarterbacks. We've done show the, the show on the tight end. We've done the show on wide receivers. We've done the show on uh, on running backs. And we're at the point now where we've talked about all the guys that you should know going into your draft that are going to be projected starters. But what we haven't talked about are guys that would be put in like a flex position. If you have that sort of thing, when you're, uh, I don't know how your league's set up, but a lot of leagues are starting to add those flex positions probably in the last six, seven years. That's been pretty in vogue for, for most leagues. Generally it's a wide receiver or a tight end, uh, sorry, wide receiver running back that you play. Sometimes you can play a tight end in those. Uh, we're not going to talk super flex. You know, if you want to uh, learn more about quarterbacks, that's all contained in that quarterback episode, but basically a flex and then your bench, sort of causes you to need to know more than just those top 35, 40 names uh, at each position. And so uh, I asked Eric to send me a few names. Uh, as you see from our board, uh, he sent me a lot of names. <laughs> and so we are going to do our best to try to talk through as many of these as possible. And we're going to try to put them into categories. Now we've changed up the categories a bit because we're in a different portion of the draft and you have to think about things a little differently. And so uh, we kept our boom bust type of tier uh, for this, for purposes of flex position, this is going to mean a guy that we think could really break out and be a guy that you rely on as a starter. And, and that's just hit, this person has a potential to move up the rankings by the season end. Uh, the A tier here is you see the, uh, for those of you that are watching us on YouTube, uh, two hands shaking. We're going to talk about backfield committees here. Uh, we've talked a lot, of, a lot of running backs. There's a few teams that we haven't even gotten to yet, though, that are going to be in backfield committees. Uh, we have a rook uh, chess piece here that's going to signify rookie. Uh, so we're just going to kind of try to tier our rookies here that may not fall into another category. Uh, we have our sleepers. Everybody wants to know who yours. The number of people, Eric, that I get in my life, and I haven't done strictly fantasy stuff in years, but I get people text me, "Hey, man, who's your sleeper? Who you who you got as a sleeper this year?" Everybody wants to know sleepers, so I'm I'm excited to pull that out of you. Uh, we've got guys that are strictly like third down backs, particularly interested uh, in those. If you're in a PPR league, those are really valuable to know. You can you can really get value out of a third down back um in, in a ppr league uh we're gonna have a, a a tier of strictly handcuff type players where they're gonna need an injury to be relevant these guys are not really playable on their own but if somebody was injured this this guy would be immediately the top waiver wire pickup so you know for example if you're uh someone who uh has uh christian mccaffrey the, you know he's not going to to give a lot of carries away to anybody else when he's healthy but if he's not Who's in line to be that top handcuff? And if you're someone who likes to carry that handcuff, that insurance on your bench, uh, we'll get into that as well. And then I'm gonna, I have a category here for Eric that just leave him in the free agent pile. These are guys that he just doesn't see a, a place for on roster. So uh, we're gonna get into it here. 
Uh, any big picture stuff, flex strategy before we get into it? No, I mean, part of the advantage of waiting a little bit on quarterback, waiting a little bit on tight end is that you can just draft as many running backs and receivers as possible. So that should give you a better flex. That should give you a better bench. So that's really a big reason why I stress that. I I do think you can probably plan on having a receiver in your flex for the most part, as great as it sounds to have two good running backs and then a third good running back to play in the flex. In reality, you get to about week five and injuries hit and it just doesn't happen. So I tend to kind of bank on a receiver as my flex and um, just really focus on those first two positions for running backs. But obviously you need running backs on the bench. You need some upside. So we're going to be looking at running backs all draft long, but flexes I am generally filling with a wide receiver. Perfect. All right. Well, we've got, uh, I, I think it's 60 players or something like that for us to go through. So we're going to try to go hit them pretty quick, put them in categories and, and rank them. So Eric, I'm just going to let you uh, tell me who to grab and and you start doing some narrative here. Yeah. So let's start with Melvin Gordon. Um, he just barely missed being in the show um, on the running back show. I mean, he's my running back 31 and he's in a tier where you could move him pretty easily. Uh, I actually, I would put him in boom bust, I think only because if something happens to Javante Williams, uh, Gordon's going to be in for a huge workload and he's still going to have enough standalone value where he's not just a handcuff. So um, the scary parts about Gordon is he's getting up there in age. He's entering his age 29 season. He's got a ton of touches under his belt, like 1700 career NFL touches. So he could be wearing down, um, but he's been pretty productive. We like this Broncos offense. And if anything ever happens to Williams, uh, it's, it's going to be fireworks for Gordon. Uh, and if those of you that are joining us on YouTube, see his picture, he has green hair and I don't know what happened there. I haven't followed <laughs> Melvin Gordon the third, uh, quite closely enough, but when I found the picture on ESPN, I clicked, you know, uh, say, uh, copy and paste. And when I pasted it over, it actually updated the picture to the current one, but it was not the one that I was looking at. And all of a sudden his hair turned green and I was like, what happened here? So I don't know what happened to, to Melvin Gordon that his hair is green, uh, but it is. So yeah, it uh, looks like DK Metcalf if you can't see it. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. All right. Uh, let's, let's keep rolling. Yeah. So I'm gonna get to a receiver here. Um, I really like drafting Jacoby Myers. Uh, now this is, um, he's going to be a safe player. Uh, I don't know where exactly we can fit him. Maybe he's even my first sleeper, honestly. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd put him in the boom bust category, uh, but he is a receiver. I am drafting like crazy this year. Um, he goes super late. You can get him really cheap. Like, I don't even know where he's at 10th round maybe, but he's going to get a lot of volume and really the knock on him has been that, uh, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. He started to score a few more last year. And I think he's a good bet on Mac Jones taking a, a little bit of a jump year too. And, I'm not a big Devontae Parker fan. So I think Jacoby Myers is their best option in the passing game. He plays the slot. He's going to get a lot of volume. So he's a nice fallback option if you've taken some risky receivers early on, because I think he's going to produce week in and week out for you. I love it. I, you know, why don't we deal with Kadarius Tony and Traylon Burks next? Because okay. I think these are both kind of interesting players uh, for different reasons. But yeah. uh, Kadarius Tony on the Giants going into his second year. Traylon Burks, the rookie who has not had the 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 greatest preseason reviews so far, but is really slated to potentially be that AJ Brown replacement. How do you view these two guys? They're both very risky, uh, but I do think their upside is pretty huge here. So uh, this, these are going to be two. I, I would probably put in boom bust, honestly, because um, the bust potential is huge. They've both kind of had some off-field issues. I don't know if it's off-field issues or just the way they kind of are, have conditioned themselves in training camps, but um, 
Kadarius Tony had 43 combined targets in, across four weeks last year. He was just hurt a lot. He was in and out of the lineup. He's, I don't know, maybe it's his conditioning. I'm not sure, but he's got huge upside. Um, the Giants need to play him because Kenny Galladay does not look good. Uh, so I, I, Tony's got a ton of upside. And then similarly to Burks, he, I think he's going to start slow this year. Um, they've been playing him into the fourth quarter. But the pass catching core in Tennessee does not look great. And they basically drafted him to replace A.J. Brown. So I, I think they're going to slow play him a little bit. Training camp hasn't been great. But I think they're going to get to like week three or four and be like, we can't survive just with Robert Woods, um, the rookie Kyle Phillips in the slot. Like we need some explosiveness. And, and when that happens, Burks is a great run after the catch guy. Get the ball short, too. And I, I just once it clicks with Burks, I think he's going to get a ton of volume. So I, he was my favorite receiver as far as fantasy this year coming out of the draft. And then the off-season stuff has dropped him in my rankings some, but I'm still – I don't want this to to get me off of a potential big season here. Yeah, and I like him because he's uh, – his name is how people mispronounce mine. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about him. Good name. Um, you want to keep – you want to stick with some wide receivers uh, or do you want to you deal with all of these um, – uh, committees. Let's get to some of these running backs because I do think they are kind of up in this tier here. Okay. Uh, let's start with um, the Patriots running backs. I've actually moved Ramondre Stevenson ahead of Damian Harris at this point. Uh, just kind of following the training camp news here. Uh, it, it it goes back and forth with the Patriots because they, they always do this backfield by committee stuff and it tends to scare us off from them. Damian Harris had a big year last year. It was totally based on touchdowns. It was like, an. Uh, he's not going to be able to continue the amount of touchdowns he scored last year, but he did give you about 14 fantasy points per game. But Stevenson is the more all-around back, um, a potential pass catcher as well. He looks really good. Uh, Damian Harris is in the last year of his deal. The Patriots tend to kind of move on from these running backs at this point. So uh, there's been a lot of hype on Ramondre Stevenson this offseason. He's a very popular sleeper pick, um, but I do think he involved, he, he belongs in this committee here but I'm taking Stevenson before Harris but I do think this Patriots team they're going to run the ball a lot and I, I think there's value in both of their running backs so give me Stevenson but I'm not opposed to drafting Harris either he just doesn't catch any passes and that's going to hurt you in PPR leagues all right I'm going to keep pulling them up so so yep. those are the Patriots guys let's stick in the AFC East and let's talk about the two bills so you've got a very explosive offense Obviously, yep. everybody's you know in love with Josh Allen, but what yep. do you think about Devin Singletary, who I think has been, I, I think he's done pretty well for his draft position, but I think he's been somewhat overwhel- uh, underwhelming based on where a lot of people are hoping he could he could perform given given the offense, and then you have the rookie James Cook, who's uh, Dalvin's little brother, uh, not quite the same prospect, but but still put in a really good position, brought in, I think, to really be a pass catching back out of the out of the backfield. So how do you yeah. stack these two guys? I, I still have Singletary ahead. I actually have him in between Stevenson and Harris, if you want to make a little room for, for him there. Uh, there was a point in this offseason where I really wanted to buy into the James Cook hype and I almost flipped them. But um, it kind of seems like Zach Moss is getting involved now, too. And there it might be a little bit of a committee here, but uh, Singletary is going to be the lead back to start the season. Um, he His big knock was he just did not score touchdowns. Uh, he had six career touchdowns on uh, 374 career touches heading into last season. And then the last four games of the regular season, he scored six touchdowns just in that span. So um, he really got hot down the stretch last year. They played him a ton. And if that keeps up, he's a steal at this value here. So I don't think he's going to be a bell cow running back, but he's in a really good offense. And Singletary is a nice deal. Um, James Cook, like you said, you can put him right after Harris. 
Uh, I think the upside is big as what we think is a really good pass catcher in the Bills offense because they throw the ball a ton. We just we know how rookies are. Coaches tend to take a little bit to fully incorporate them in the offense. But as long as he starts catching passes for this Bills team, that's exactly the role we want in the backfield. So um, he's another one. He could maybe be a sleeper, um, but I do like him in this committee uh, section up here because uh, these are these are two backfields that I do think we want to keep an eye on because there's a lot of upside here in both of these. All right. So I think that there, I think you're right. And I think that there, you can't say that about the next backfield necessarily, but I want to talk about Seattle and that's Rashard Penny. And then uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, who I believe is dealing with a little bit more of an injury than maybe was suspected at first. So um, how would you, and you don't have to put them both in the committee. If if you think one of them is really far behind, we can throw them down as a handcuff, but um, how do you, how do you want to deal with uh, Penny and Walker? Yeah, I would have had them both in the committee, but now that Walker's maybe dealing with a hernia of some kind, we just it's the time of the year we just don't know when these players are going to be back. So I'm a little worried. So we're going to bump Penny up. He's dealing with an injury of his own, but it kind of seems like one of those minor training camp things. But that's the knock on Penny. He's been hurt his whole career. Uh, he was a, you know, they basically didn't get anything out of him until the final year of his rookie deal, and they had to bring him back on a one-year deal. But Penny went nuclear down the stretch last year. Like, I mean, we're talking like 137 yards and two touchdowns on 16 carries kind of weeks, like down the stretch, uh, weeks 14 through 17. So he won people their leagues if he, if you put him in his, in the lineup last year. So um, I don't know. The upside is really big for Penny. I drafted him a lot early in the offseason in best ball leagues until like kind of the hype started catching up a little bit. But um, it's, you know, he could belong in the boom bust here too. Like it could go really well for Penny. He's really talented. Um, but there's also the injury downside and then just the quarterback situation in Seattle. So that's what keeps them down the rankings. If like I thought was going to happen all off season, if they'd brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, then I'd be a lot more excited about this backfield. But if it's going to be Geno Smith, it's, it's hard to get too excited. So Penny, he's an upside shot to offer your bench. I just don't know how many games we're going to trust him for. So um, other than that, Kenneth Walker, like talented rookie, uh, second one drafted after Brees Hall in this draft. So we just got to see when he's back on the field and when he's healthy. He's more of a talent on the ground, we think, than through the air. So probably not catching a lot of passes, but he, he looked good in the preseason game I saw. So keep him on your radar. All right. I'm throwing him in the rookie tier. How yeah. about uh, Cordell Patterson? And I mean, I don't know how to say this guy's name. So uh, <laughs> Tyler his, Algier, I believe. Algier, Algier his uh, backfield committee mate. Yeah. Man, Patterson is such a tough one to even know where to put him. Let's let's go ahead and put him there. We'll put Algier in the rookie tier. Um, man, Patterson's the type of player that I just always fade. I mean, he's, I believe, going into his 32-year-old season, maybe 31. Um, never broke out from a fantasy perspective until last year. Uh, but he was just ripping off touchdowns um, like crazy to start the year. And uh, things started to fall off about week 10. Um, he suffered an ankle sprain. It kind of missed a little bit of time. And I think that he just wore out from a big workload throughout the season. And by the end of the year, he was not um, a very good fantasy player. So I don't know if we can expect what he did last year. He typically was like only playing about half the offensive snaps. So he's not a bell cow. He's someone I would only look at maybe in PPR leagues, um, but he will catch passes and Atlanta just doesn't have much else to go to on the ground. So um, I, I think most leagues, someone's going to take him earlier than I, I want to take him. Um, but if he falls in your draft pass ADP and you're desperate for running back, you could you could scoop him for a discount. Um, okay, I th- Tyler I think Algier, I... 
he's just he's a, he's a rookie. Uh, a lot of people liked him coming out of college. We'll see. We don't really know where he's at on the depth chart right now. So um, he's kind of maybe somebody who by week three or four, we have a better idea. But week one, you're not going to want to start him. Well, I think that works. Why don't we why don't we clean up some of these running backs and we'll get back to wide receivers. So uh, Kareem okay. Hunt would be the backup to Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. So so, uh, it, you know, he has standalone value. Right. So, so it's, he's kind of a weird fit for our categories because um, really you're going to put him here at so, you know, on some level of the, the boom bust, because basically if he, he could, he is useful. And then yeah. if there's an injury, he can, he could really dominate touches in Cleveland and, and really help your team. He's yeah. not someone that you put in the handcuff category because even right. though he's someone who it backs up a, a really high drafted back, he still has standalone value. So I, th- I think you probably are going to put him here, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And he, he's right along that same kind of idea as, as Melvin Gordon here. Um, the, the big thing that downgrades him is just, you know, the fact that Deshaun Watson's going to be out for what, 11 weeks now? Um, so we're going to be dealing with Jacoby Brissett, split backfield. That just lowers him. But if it was Watson, uh, he'd probably be a lot higher in my rankings. But yeah, you can, like you said, you can play him. They'll give him goal line work. They'll give him passing game work. He does a little bit of everything, even with Chubb there. So. Um, yeah, he'll give you some production. All right, I'm going to do the last two here on the on the first sheet right. for running backs. So we're going to go with uh, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, Gainwell yep. by name, gain very well by reputation. Um, sorry, I had to make an Austin Powers reference there. Uh, what do you do with the Eagle? Where do you have him? Behind Miles Sanders, obviously. Is he just a third down back? Is he uh, someone that you think could really explode up? Or, you know, where where you where do you see Gainwell? You know, I think both of these actually are going to be sleepers for me. Um, okay. I, I Gainwell, so part of my concern, he's got a little bit of like the Naheem Hines profile, which doesn't really scream like, you know, bell cow back, but uh, Miles Sanders is already dealing with an injury in training camp, and we've seen him banged up throughout his whole career. And there's really not a lot in Philadelphia other than Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott. And so if Miles Sanders misses work, it, it's Gainwell and Scott. This is one of the league's best offensive lines. They have a ton of weapons in the passing game. Jalen Hurts should be able to move this team. No matter what you think about them, I think they're going to put up some points. It's just a really good team. And if all of a sudden Miles Sanders is missing two or three weeks, I think Gainwell could have a huge year and he's going to have some standalone value anyway. I mean, he saw some inconsistent play last year, um, but he was a rookie. He's a fifth round rookie last year. Um, Didn't see work every game, but like, I mean, in the playoff game, he had five catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Like he had some spike weeks where he was getting good targets. So he can contribute in the passing game. And if, if Miles Sanders misses time, there's a huge opportunity. So I'm drafting a lot of Kenny Gainwell. I just really like that situation for the running backs. Now, as you're talking, I'm thinking in my mind, like, is he on waivers in my league? Do I need to go <laughs> pick him up? Um, Darrell Henderson, obviously backing up Cam Akers. Cam Akers is a guy that <clears throat> is currently maybe dealing with something minor. Uh, Henderson also dealing with something minor. We don't really know exactly how long these guys are out. Soft tissue type issues. Um, Henderson was very valuable mm-hmm. last year uh, in Cam Akers' absence, but Akers was drafted to be like the guy. And so he's he somehow made a recovery from an Achilles injury to come back for for you know the the late playoffs there. So you know how do you kind of stack this back? It's it's so tantalizing because it's just such a great 
uh, offense with the Rams, but how do you stack this backfield? Where do you see Henderson's cut of the pie? Yeah, I, I've been drafting him like crazy this offseason. Like you can get him around RB 42, 44. He's like an 11th round pick. It's super cheap here. And like you said, last year he was really good. I mean, he was like the first uh, 11 weeks of the year. He was like an RB1. He scored eight touchdowns, um, had double-digit carries in nine of those games. That was with Cam Akers out with the Achilles injury. Then he got hurt. I mean, Daryl Henderson gets hurt a lot. That's part of it. But that's why you're getting him in the 11th round is partially due to his injury history. But now that Cam Akers is back, yes, he's not going to do what he did the first stretch of last year. But I also don't think they're going to give Cam Akers 80% of the snaps coming off of an Achilles injury. Like, this is a team with goals for the playoffs for the Super Bowl. Like, I don't see why they're giving Akers 30 carries week one. If they're, you know, like, I, I think, I think Henderson's going to have a role here regardless. And then you've got kind of the sneaky handcuff upside if something does happen to Akers, which, you know, we've seen lots of people like, you know, Saquon coming off the ACL. We saw him get an ankle sprain. Like, we see these players coming off of big injuries kind of get, you know, dinged up the next year. So I think there's just a ton of ways where Henderson is maybe playable in a small role and then has four or five games for you where you can start them. You're going to know if Akers is out, you can start him. So this is just one of those offense, lots of touchdown potential. I'm, I'm drafting Daryl Henderson late and I, the rest of the backfield, I'm just not that excited about. So it's, it's basically just Akers and Henderson for the Rams. Yeah. Um, probably should go grab me some Henderson as well. So Alan Azard looks like he could potentially be the number one option in green Bay, but yes. We don't really know for sure because, you know, got the Green Bay and they yeah. could they could mix things up with the rookies, but he's definitely the first receiver that we've talked about since Devontae Adams is in, in Vegas. Uh, I would assume that you're going to have him in the boom-bust category. Yeah, that's a good spot for him. I, I do think there's some safety here. I mean, he's played a lot for the Packers, even though we haven't seen those targets. He's been on the field. He does a good job like in the run game. And I, I think they trust him. He's going to be where he needs to be. So um, it's really just trying to figure out where these targets are going to go. Everything that Rodgers is saying right now is kind of uh, pushing these rookies down. He's kind of saying, you know, hey, it's Lazard and it's Randall Cobb and, uh, you know, these and uh, Sammy Watkins. These are going to be the players on the field. So if you're making me pick between Lazard, Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins, I'm going to take a shot on Lazard here. So there's, sure. there's a huge potential here. I I'm a little skeptical any of these receivers are going to completely break out, but I just, Lazard's going to be on the field. They trust him. Let's see if Rodgers leans on him in his first shot here. Tyler Lockett, great player, has had a very nice career. Um, he's now going to be catching passes from Geno Smith or, or, or Drew Locke, uh, whoever's going to emerge from that. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, if that's you know still still on the table. I imagine that's why we're talking about Lockett here and not earlier because he is a good player. Um, yeah. So where, where do you have him? So it's a good question on him. Where would I put him? Um, I mean, he's almost like, I guess let's put him boom bust. He has been, he's been so good in the past. And, and this is kind of just thinking that with Geno Smith or Drew Locke, there's not room for two receivers here in this offense to be really good. And we're taking a stance on DK Metcalf because he's younger. You can kind of see him just chucking up jump balls to him a little easier, but it wouldn't be that shocking if Metcalf wasn't as good and Lockett just keeps on humming along. So I do think there's upside there for Lockett. I, he's one of those players that you rank him down here and then three weeks into the season, he's got 200-yard games. And you're like, man, I'm an idiot. Like, Lockett's <laughs> a good player. You know what I mean? Like, why did we not draft Lockett earlier? So um, he's talented. He's worth a shot. But it's just this quarterback situation. Sure. 
let's move to Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool, they've got an interesting situation there. We've already talked about Deontay Johnson and the wide receiver show. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about George Pickens here in a little bit. Um, maybe I'll go grab Pickens's picture and we can talk about those two guys. So we can talk yeah. about that offense. Um, what do you think about these two guys, you know, uh, Claypool and Pickens? Um, where do you think they ultimately shake out in terms of their targets with this Mitchell Trubisky, maybe Kenny Pickett led offense? Right. So it sure looks like they're playing Claypool in the slot right now. Um, he's been kind of playing that big slot role that's getting more um, in vogue around the NFL, which I'd still, I'm very high on Claypool. Um, I, there may be some off the field stuff, or maybe he rubs Tom on the wrong way, but he's got a ton of talent. He's kind of like a, uh, you know, a baby DK Metcalf. Like I just, I always want to draft players like this, but if he's the slot receiver, he's not going to be on the field in two wide receiver sets as much. I'd almost put him down and like, I know it's for running backs, but almost in the third down section, like he's going to be when they're passing a lot, I think Claypool has some upside, uh, but he's the third receiver. And I, I, it looks like they're going to play Pickens outside along with Deontay Johnson. And I think he's going to be on the field a lot. So he's one that's really flown up my rankings. I think we'll still put him in the rookie category as opposed to the boom bust category, because I do think he's still behind, um, you know, Deontay Johnson. And we'll see how this really materializes for, for Pickens week one. But I mean, he basically got knocked in the draft because he's coming off an injury and there were some off the field concerns. And the Steelers are so good picking these receivers that like he's already flashed in, in the preseason. That's probably all we need to see to take shots on Pickens. I'm going to move him into the one spot on the rookie tier just because I think that he's yeah. got the most intriguing set of skills that yeah. we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about another rookie, uh, Sky Moore, as, we're, as yeah. we're talking about rookie, and then we'll pull up Garrett Wilson as well. Uh, so Sky Moore is with the Chiefs, uh, Garrett Wilson with the Jets. Um, how do you How do you kind of rank these two? One really good offense and a guy that looks like he's at least uh, – turn some heads and and then another offense that well you know we haven't necessarily seen it yet right and they both kind of have uncertain roles to start the season i mean sky Moore, the the upside is there playing with mahomes but he's got to beat out juju smith schuster uh, marquez valdez scantling who's a professional nfl receiver Michael hardman who's a professional nfl receiver you got tyree kill he's got people to battle through here and i, I think sky Moore could take a little bit um, but I do think he's worth drafting just in case an injury happens, just in case uh, he just outplays these players and he's catching passes from Mahomes. So I've got more ahead of, of Garrett Wilson because of the offense. Um, Wilson, you know, there's some competition for the Jets as well. I mean, he's got to beat out Elijah Moore, uh, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. They've kind of made it sound like he's behind them to start the season. But it does remind me a little bit of, of Jalen Waddle last year where Here's this guy who goes so early in drafts. We all kind of forget about him. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hey, they use the top 10 pick on the guy. Like, of course, they're going to throw him the ball. So there's obviously a lot of talent there with uh, with uh, Garrett Wilson. But um, the Zach Wilson injury also kind of puts a downer on his ranking just because maybe Wilson is ready for week one. But um, we were kind of hoping for a breakout year for Wilson. And I don't know if it's coming. Like, it just he didn't look good in preseason. Now he's dealing with an injury. So Wilson's got intriguing. Garrett Wilson has intriguing upside, but we need the quarterback to cooperate. So, well, and I you lose that rookie section. You lose that, uh, you know, that camp bonding. You know, getting yeah. the rapport. Would you put him above the running backs, or would you slot him in somewhere between? I would have him after Walker. It's just the injury. I don't know what's going to happen there, but yeah, I, I think Walker. Okay, uh, just with running backs being pretty scarce too. So, 
All right, Sky Moore's teammate, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And obviously, you know that Tyreek Hill's in Miami now. Um, so he's he's not in Kansas City. But uh, let's talk about MVS. Um, and uh, and then we get to talk about a bangle. Uh, and, then, and then we're going to talk about Russell Gage uh, changing uh, locations here too. So so I, I, I think MVS is pretty interesting. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, pretty interesting coming over to Kansas City because, like you say, he's a professional wide receiver. Uh, he gets, you know, Mahomes, you know, the, uh, the greatest thing going with Andy Reid and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's there's some real potential here for, uh, you know, real high value return on your pick because these targets have to go somewhere other than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And I mean, we know what MVS can do. He can run deep routes and he's going to take the top off the defense and they need that without uh, Tyree Kill around. So it's going to be either him or Hardman vying for that role. Um yeah, I guess we can put him in the boom-bust role because there is upside. Any receiver in Kansas City that's going to be on the field, there's upside. I, I think the kind of question for him is how much better is he than those guys the Chiefs were running out in that role, kind of like Demarcus Robinson and um, Byron Pringle. I do think he's a step above them. So we should see some spike weeks out of MBS. I, I suspect we're not going to know when to play him. <laughs> that's going to be uh-huh. a problem. So, right. um, But I, I, I do think late in drafts, just take a Chiefs receiver and see what happens personally. How about Tyler Boyd? Now you've got Jamar Chase and T Higgins that are going to get all of the headlines. Uh, you know, two top 10 fantasy wide receivers. They're going quite high. I had yep. to spend, you know, an end of third round pick to get T Higgins in, in the league yep. that I'm in. Um, and I like T Higgins a lot. He's one of my guys, right? Helped me win a championship last year. Hate having to pay so much more for a player that you had the previous year uh, that helped you win. But, you know, some guys you just kind of get attached to. Um, I think I, I made a lot, a fair amount of money betting on Tyler Boyd prop bets last year because yeah. people were underestimating how valuable he was to this offense. And I think that potentially as defenses play Joe Burrow a little bit more shell coverage, try to take away Jamar Chase and say, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to just dunk on us, right? You're not going to just, you know, win with just Jamar Chase. Um, I think Boyd becomes really important again. Yep. So is he a guy that you think is is a, one of your sleepers, even though people should know who Tyler Boyd is? I don't know if I'd quite put him as a sleeper. Um, he's kind of like a consistent guy. I'm not sure that we really have a great category for that. I So I, no, he, I wouldn't put him as a sleeper, but I will say that there's some big upside if an injury happens above him. I mean, we've seen Boyd handle a big target share in the past, and if there's not much in the receiving core beyond these top three receivers. Um, so if something happened to Chase or Higgins, it's a huge bump for Boyd. And they play a ton of three wide receiver sets anyway. So he's going to be on the field a bunch. Um, I, I we kind of He was a little more inconsistent than I would have liked last year. There were games where he disappeared. But I do think Burrow, full speed, you know, not dealing with an ACL injury. They're just going to throw more all year. So, yeah, he's a tough one. I think boom bust does make sense, though, because he's got such a good quarterback. He he will have a hundred yard and a touchdown weeks. I just there's some weeks where he's going to kind of fade into the background. Makes sense. Sometimes you just need to take a chance on a guy, and this yeah. probably, uh, you know, th- those weeks where you just hope and pray, right, that he's the guy that's going to get featured because defense is trying to take something else away. Uh, Russell Gage, and then we'll I'll move some new guys up. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do another receiver in the uh, kind of third down role. I mean, Gage is going to be the slot receiver in this offense, which is a valuable role with Tom Brady there. Um, they've lost so much with Antonio Brown gone. They just fed him the ball when he was in the game. Uh, so we've also got 
Chris Godwin coming off an ACL injury. They did bring in Julio Jones, but we haven't seen much from Julio the last few years. So Gage is far from a lock. We're not exactly sure like how talented he is, but if there are enough injuries to receivers in this receiving core, Brady's going to get the ball to him. So I know he's Gage has kind of had a roller coaster this offseason. Uh, for a while, it looked like Godwin might start on the pup. It looked like, uh, you know, they hadn't signed Julio yet. It was like, wow, he's going to be the number two to Mike Evans, Russell Gage is, to start the season. And that's not quite going to happen probably, but I, I do think there's some upside in Gage. And, um, and, and Tampa Bay throws the ball a ton, so he's going to be involved. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about running backs that are just – handcuffs we haven't filled any of that category yet i think it would be a good way for us to clear some of these names and just talk about some of these guys whose names that you'll probably recognize or at least uh you will recognize by the end of the year you know some of these guys are younger guys they're not you know in new places um but but some of these guys are just handcuff type guys um and so let's let's fill up that uh that particular okay uh category yeah, so let's start with Alexander Madison. He's the the classic one. Um, we've we've gone over a few already in the previous podcast with uh, Pollard and AJ Dillon, but they've got enough standalone value that you can draft them earlier. Madison, you're not going to play him unless Dalvin Cook's hurt. There has been a little bit of talk in training camp that the other backup running backs have looked really good in Minnesota, but I'll kind of believe it when I see it. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt, Madison's the volume guy. So um, I personally do not. To draft handcuffs a ton. Um, I just don't like sitting around waiting for an injury and clogging up a roster spot. But if you are looking for handcuff running backs, he's one of the elite ones. I think it's one of those where you spend a first round pick on a guy mm-hmm. and then, and he's going to dominate touches. And if he gets hurt, that backup is going to be, somebody's going to throw all of their uh, free agent acquisition budget at it. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean that I, th- so I, I'm not a, I hate paying insurance bills, right? Like I feel like right. that's half of what I do is just pay for different insurances. Yeah. I, and I don't like it. And I don't like having a spot just taken up by in case this really great guy gets hurt. Yeah. I have his backup. I get it. Like I'm, I'm not really a guy that plays a lot with, with handcuffs, but if that's your thing and you have a free bench spot and you feel comfortable with it, there are five, six, seven guys that you really should just, you know, if you end up with one of these guys, yeah, take his backup um, mm-hmm. to make sure that you've covered yourself and just let you sleep a little better at night. Um, yeah. And I, I will say when it's Madison, it's one thing because we're pretty certain he is the handcuff where people get in trouble is we're not always so sure who the handcuff actually is on some of these teams. So you you stash this guy all year, the starter gets hurt, and then it's the fourth round rookie who plays. You know what I mean? Like, so sure. that's you just want to make sure you're actually drafting the right backup. I think yeah. Khalil Herbert is definitely that guy. If you if yes. you want David Montgomery insurance, you can argue whether or not that's worth having that insurance. But uh, Khalil Herbert would definitely fit that mold as well. Um, I can say that as a Bears fan. Yeah. Uh, who who else would fit that pure handcuff type? No, and I was going to say I'm, I've drafted a good amount of Herbert just because I think he's talented and he looked good when he had the opportunity last year. So I, I would actually be excited to play him if if Montgomery got hurt. So. Um, yeah, I would also put, so this is a rookie. Um, we could count him as a rookie, but I think he makes sense as a handcuff. I would go with Rashad white personally. Um, just because we don't know for sure he's the backup to Leonard Fournette, but people rave about his pass catching ability. And that's really what we want in Tampa Bay. So if something happens to Fournette, um, and white is out there catching all the passes that Fournette catches, that's all we really care about. So the, the depth behind Fournette's not great. I mean, they've, 
basically found every way possible to not play Keyshawn Vaughn, um, who they drafted a few years ago. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's getting up there in age. Ronald Jones is gone. So if something happens to Fournette, I think White could be, I mean, he could be a borderline league winner if Fournette gets hurt and they give him 60% of the touches. So he's definitely one I have my eye on. And honestly, you don't even really have to draft him like a handcuff. He's just kind of a late round um, upside, you know, shot. And if nothing happens after a few weeks, then maybe you move on. Okay. Uh, any of these other guys you consider handcuffs? Michael Carter? Um, yeah, I think he count. I mean, both him and Naheem Hines kind of count. I mean, they're also third down backs, so I don't know if we want to mix them up in those categories as well. But, um, yeah, th- I mean, Carter looked really good last year um, playing behind or when he had the role to himself, and they drafted a second-round running back. But if something happens to Brees Hall, then Carter would be interesting. And Naheem Hines, they keep talking about how they're going to get him on the field more this year with Jonathan Taylor. I do think Matt Ryan could find him if he's out there running routes. I, I think it's a little step up from Carson Wentz. So there's some standalone, like, you know, desperation flex play value maybe in Hines as well. But um, if something happened to Taylor, I don't think they're going to give Hines, you know, 25 carries, but I do think maybe they'll throw the ball more and he'll get a lot of work in the passing game. So those are two good ones to keep an eye on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, I'm trying to figure out where to go next or if we have any other handcuffs, you let me know. Nothing obvious. I mean, Isaiah Spiller, I'm not sure um, if he'd be a handcuff. Or you want to talk about him as a rookie? Yeah, I uh, think we'll put him in the – I think we got a few rookies we'll throw in that category. Um, is that Daryl Williams there? Yeah. I mean, he, he's not an exciting one. This isn't necessarily where you draft him. There's a bunch of players you'll draft ahead of him. But uh, he's in Arizona now. Backing up James Conner, who's had injury problems in the past. They got rid of Chase Edmonds. And, I mean, we saw James Conner kind of just stumble into this offense last year and injuries hit, and he scored a million touchdowns. So I think Daryl Williams showed in Kansas City that the coaches trust him in the passing game. And if something happened to Conner, Williams would be someone you'd want to run to your waiver wire for. Okay. Uh, what about uh, what about some of these rookies? Why don't we take care of that so that we can kind of clear the board here? So. You've got Chris Olave uh, yep. down in New Orleans. Uh, you've got Johan Dotson. Um, is Osborne a rookie? Is that uh, is he, is no, he been no. around? No, no, he's, he's been, been around a couple of years. Um, um, we've also got Palmer uh, for the Chargers. Palmer's not a rookie. Oh yeah, um, sorry, he is not a rookie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's all right. I, we just made the same mistake. Just just two different people. Uh, okay. Romeo Dobbs is a rookie. Yep. Uh, Christian Watson is a rookie. Yeah, Alec um, Pierce down there, and Alec Pierce. Uh, so, and then Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, those uh, are those all the are, receivers. Those yeah. are all the receiver rookies. So, why don't we? Why don't we kind of deal with them? Yeah. Um, are these guys uh, Pierce Pacheco? Oh, we need a uh, Wandale Robinson as well. Oh, and Wandale Robinson. Yes. Nope, nope. I think that's. I can't even tell who that is. I thought it was the one right below him there. We got too many Robinsons here. Oh, is Wandale the running back? No, he's a receiver, but he kind of, yeah. 
maybe that's I think it. this is Wandale Robinson. Yeah, I, I got to sort it out. I don't know their headshots. So um, I would actually put Rondale Robinson pretty high up as far as these rookies go. He's a very small receiver. He's not one that I typically bet on the profile for, but uh, they sure seem like they're going to use him this year in New York. Um, Dave Ole's been saying a bunch of great things about him. He looks like he's penciled in to play from week one. Uh, they've got, you know, they got Sterling Shepard. He's still on pup. Um, Kenny Galladay just looks bad. Kadarius Tony has missed time with injury. Like Robinson's not the type of player I usually bet on. He's just a, a really small receiver, but I mean, they've been using him out of the backfield some. I, at some point, if he's going to be on the field week one as a rookie, there's intrigue there. So um, kind of similar to Pickens. I mean, Pickens is a better profile, but the uh, the good camp here has just shot him up the rankings. So I would, I think Sky Moore has more upside, but Robinson you might be able to use from the start. So it just kind of depends what you're going for. Okay. We'll put them next to each other. <laughs> um uh who who would be next? Let's let's just kind of stack the the six guys that we have and let's fill out this tier. Yeah, so this is where it gets really close just because we just don't know some of these receivers' roles at this point of the season. And Jahan Dotson looks like he's gonna be starting week one. And so a lot of the times with these rookies, I want to see if they're going to play and if they're going to be good right away. I don't want to have to wait four weeks to find out if if these guys are going to contribute. So I think we're going to see Dotson right away playing across from Terry McLaurin in Washington. Carson Wentz is not a great quarterback, but we've seen him produce some relevant fantasy seasons from his receivers in the past. And Dotson's another one of those. He was drafted super early. So I know we're kind of not that excited on him uh, as a community, but like he was drafted high in the NFL draft. So we should take note of that. Um, sure. After, oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Yeah, I would do Alave next. Um, I'm just not real high on the Saints' offense in general. Um, but Michael Thomas has popped up on the injury report recently. Um, other than that, it's it's Jarvis Landry there. Um, I, I, there's going to be opportunities. So Alave was another first round rookie wide receiver. He's probably going to get a shot early on, and he, he was seen as pretty pro ready. He's he's not good after the catch. He's not a big guy, but. Um, he should be running routes in the right spots, earning the coach's trust. So um, he, he's someone to take note of uh, a little bit late in drafts. Okay. So I would also say um, Alec Pierce looks like he's going to start for the Colts. And I think it's an interesting spot. I mean, we love Pittman, uh, but Pierce is going to be kind of the outside guy, deep threat um, to the side. I, yeah, I'd, I'd put him after Wilson. I okay. Wilson was drafted so high. I think we need to respect that, but Pierce has got downfield ability. We've seen Matt Ryan, you know, get the ball to Julio Jones for years. Like he's, he's getting older, but he'd get the ball downfield still. So um, I think Frank Reich knows what to do with his receivers. And uh, there's a big opportunity there for Pierce. So I, I like taking shots on him. He's probably like at the end of your draft, you can get him super late, but um, I think it's worth seeing what he turns into. You like taking shots to the deep threat. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about the two Packers and the Cowboy? We got that left. Yeah, so Watson is going to be the last one. Um, he's barely been playing. Uh, I don't know what to do with Romeo Dobbs personally. Um, or do, Dobbs, I think is how we're saying it. It's Dobbs, um, Romeo yeah. Dobbs. Yeah. So he's flashed in preseason. He's had drops. We've heard Rodgers kind of, you know, poo-poo him at times. Like it's worth a shot, but there's a chance that he's just not on the field. And that's just how the Packers operate. So I think I'd put Tolbert ahead because – the Cowboys are going to need Tolbert pretty early. Um, Michael Gallup's not coming back yet. He's going to be delayed to start the season. So it's basically CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and then some competition after that. And 
Tolbert's looked decent in camp. So uh, he's worth a he's worth a flyer to see if he, he carves out a role week one because I still think Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. So it's worth chasing that. All right. So kind of recap a little bit in terms of rookies, if you're kind of obsessed with rookies. <laughs> there's a bunch um, of them. Right. There's, there's a lot. But like uh, Eric has put Traylon Burks up on the top row as a guy that, you know, we haven't talked about in previous shows. And mm-hmm. this is a guy that, you know, he thinks could potentially come into that starting role and do yeah. a lot with it. So he's kind of up there on that top row. And then yeah. the rest of the rookie row, you've got George Pickens leading it off, Sky Moore, Wandale Robinson, sort of depending on if you like the floor, the ceiling, uh, Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave, and then back to Kenneth Walker the uh, third, uh, Garrett Wilson, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert, Romeo Dobbs. Um, <laughs> Algier was, I was, I don't know why I did not pick this guy. This guy just is is not on my radar. I I saw, you know, he He was was a late draft pick. Yeah. He's on the list that you gave me. And I was like, why do I not know this guy? Uh, (laughs) And then Christian, you know, he's a rookie. I'll give myself a little break, but I just did not know him. And then Christian Watson kind of rounding out the rookie tier. So, um, all right. So, so let's, uh, we've got some guys left. We do not have to go over all of them. Um, but who like, maybe we, you pull up some sleepers here, guys that you think were kind of overlooking. Yeah. So I, I think Josh Palmer, not a rookie. Uh, he, he belongs in that group. Um, he looked good in the preseason so far. Justin Herbert, you know, he's attached to Justin Herbert. He seems to have distanced himself as a third option behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. We've seen Mike Williams battle injuries at times. Like I just, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for Josh Palmer. So um, I feel pretty confident saying he's an intriguing sleeper. Um, next up, it's so hard to tell with the San Francisco running backs, but I've been drafting a lot of Tyrion Davis Price. You can get him real late in drafts, and it's just kind of betting on the chaos of the San Francisco backfield, you know. Um, Elijah uh, Mitchell's been hurt in camp. They say he's going to be ready for week one, but after him, it's uh, Trey Sermon, who they just seemed to hate last year. Uh, you got, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. has been around for a while. Jamichael Hasty, they've never really popped. So maybe Tyrion Davis Price is this year's Elijah Mitchell. He's, he was a third-round pick. They drafted him for a reason. So I've been taking a lot of him real late. He may be somebody that you just kind of move on from after a couple of weeks if, if Mitchell's healthy and looking good. But I, I think the upsides – we know the upsides there with a San Francisco running back. You just don't want to draft one early. Yeah, because they just go to the doghouse and <laughs> yeah. for no reason and all that. Uh, I would I want Van Jefferson in this group. In the sleeper group? Yes. I, so, I do like him. I think he's recovering fine. He had a little minor knee procedure, but they didn't seem to be too concerned with it. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. He's he's shown us flashes in games, catching deep passes as the third option in this offense and anyone in the Rams offense I'm interested in. So I'm right there with Jefferson. We've seen enough from him, uh, enough production that they're going to trust him and he's going to be on the field. And yeah, I'm right on board. I, I draft him a lot. Anybody else that you would put in this group? Maybe Paris Campbell. I could probably make an argument for um, Nicole Hardman, obviously, because of the offense. You could make an argument for uh, James Robinson. We should probably put Damian Pierce at this point. Um, He's a rookie, but he's been getting a lot of hype lately, and it looks like he may be the Texans' lead back. I know it's the Texans, so we're not all that thrilled about it, but um, he's still going pretty late in drafts, and he could be their RB1. So. I definitely think he's a sleeper. 
Um, Davis Mills might not be horrible. Like this could be an okay offense. And uh, if it is, then somebody's going to score some points at the running back position. So um, I would put him in there. Um, we're starting to grasp for straws a little bit here. Sleepers. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how you feel about the whole uh, Isaiah Pacheco thing. I don't know if you've been following this much. I know most people aren't uh, following the late round rookies, but he's on the chiefs. Um, he's got a ton of speed. He's getting hype and playing with the ones a little bit in camp. Um, he's a super deep sleeper, but CEH has been less than impressive. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is like 31, I think now hasn't been able to stay healthy. Ronald Jones, like, I don't know if he's going to make the roster there, Pacheco's getting a lot of hype lately. And I, think he's the kind of last round pick that you take a shot on in Kansas City's offense and if you cut him right away fine but um he's he looks good so far they're using him a lot with the ones so he's worth keeping an eye on all right I'm gonna I'm gonna identify a couple of guys that I think you just leave alone okay Okay. um Julio (laughs) yeah I'm just not sure that like let somebody else take him no I'm on board Uh, uh, Galladay, yes, Galladay, <laughs> absolutely Galladay. He looks like he's just kind of done. Um, kind of feel yeah. like Parker might be that guy too. Yeah, I'm not big on him, honestly. He's getting up there in age. We've never really seen that huge breakout, and uh, yeah, I'd rather have Jacoby Myers. Now, I'm not saying that these guys can't do anything or they're not good professional, whatever. What I'm saying is, let somebody else take them. And if they get on, if they're undrafted, they're undrafted, but like, let somebody else take them. Don't put them on their, your roster. They're a name, but they're going to sit on your roster and they're just going to kind of rock. Cause you're never going to want to play them. And that sucks. That's, that's not good roster management. So, yeah. um, all right. Anybody else that you're looking at and you're like, I, I don't want anything to do with them. I'm trying to remember who everyone is. Who, oh, Williams is the rookie, right? Um, the Lions rookie receiver, Jameson Williams. Yes. He, I mean, I think he's going to be good eventually, but I'm not one that likes to draft these players that's going to start on the pup list maybe or whatever he's going to start on. Like a rookie receiver coming off an ACL tear, he's not going to be around for a while. He's another one of those. Let let someone else draft him and then pick him up midseason after they've dropped him. So um, I'm not drafting a lot of James Robinson. I just – I bet against the – I bet against the, the Achilles injuries in general, these massive injuries to running backs. ETN looks really good in camp. I I don't, it's not that Robinson isn't going to have some decent weeks, but I'm not going to draft him anywhere near as high as he goes. So I'm going to leave him um, to other people to draft. Uh, We, you know, at this point, we might be able to put Brian Robinson as a sleeper. Um, That was the other Robinson. I just figured out who that was. So it sure seems like Antonio Gibson is in the fully in the doghouse in Washington. Um, He fumbled in the preseason game. They were already mad at him for fumbling from last year. They drafted Robinson in the third round. It looks like he's going to get work from week one, which doesn't always happen for these rookies. So uh, Robinson could give you a little bit of a touchdown role. I don't think he's going to be a a league winner, but you might get some touchdowns early on for him. And that makes him uh, someone you should draft. Spiller in uh, LA for the Chargers. I think, you know, he could probably have a third round back role. Um, would you, would you agree with that? Or do you think he's more of a handcuff? No, I'd put him handcuffed. Eckler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even him, I mean, he's not a super early draft pick. Uh, he just picked up a little bit of an injury. We'll see how early, how big that is. So we kind of still don't know that he's 100% the, the handcuff, but he is the one I would take a shot on behind Eckler. So. And then Marlon Mack, uh, what would same, you do with same him? Same idea. Let's same put idea. him in the handcuff. He's probably – he might be splitting work with Damian Pierce, so we'll, we'll see kind of who wins that role. Rex Burkhead's going to be there too. It, it could just be an ugly committee, but – 
I think Pierce has the better shot to take over, but Mac will be used. He's, he's going to be around. So um, I, I would put KJ Osborne in the, the three tier. I know we meant for this to be running backs, but this is now a, a wide receiver this tier. Is, this, yeah. this is now a move the sticks on third down wide receiver tier. We're, we're going to go back and edit everything out that we said about third, uh, third down backs, but no. it's okay. It, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Get into this thing. What'll actually happen? So, all yeah, good. and he's the third receiver in Minnesota. He was actually pretty good last year at times, and we think that they're gonna run or throw the ball a lot more this year. Um, that means more room for a third receiver on the field. So, if this Vikings offense passes a lot more, Osborne showed some. He, he's young. He showed some production, and he could carve out a pretty nice role as a third down receiver. So, um, yeah, I kind of like. Probably most people's leagues aren't deep enough where you need to draft him, but I would certainly keep an eye on him. He, he could have some nice weeks. Uh, you're down on Michael Gallup a little bit, but there's not a lot of options in, in Dallas. Are you just down on the whole Dallas offense altogether, or do you think that he can you know play a valuable role for fantasy? It's more just – I would – yeah, put him in the three tier just instead of the free tier. Um it, I just don't like drafting these players coming off injuries where we're not going to see them right away. So mm-hmm. I, I usually just want to find out week one, week two, week three, like what's going to happen with these players. And then I can move on to a, a waiver wire player if I need to. But um, yeah, if it works out for Gallup, he could have a big year. They need someone to step up other than CD Lamb. So it's just a matter of when he gets the, on the field coming off his ACL injury. All right, three left. Paris Campbell do anything for you? If he could stay on the field, yeah. I mean, he's he's just been hurt so much in his career. So he's intriguing. Um, I Man, I think he deserves to be up in the three tier. I, there okay. is a, a path for him to have a nice season. He's knock on wood. He's healthy right now. So um, I think he'd probably just put all these guys in that tier. I, I, there's some upside for Rondale Moore. The scary part about Moore is he's a small receiver and – they threw him the ball. He had like the the lowest average depth of target last year in the entire NFL. They just threw him the ball right at the line of scrimmage. And that's typically not a great recipe for a breakout receiver. Like you need to get the ball downfield. So, but Rondell Moore with, with DeAndre Hopkins hurt or suspended to start the year, uh, he's going to be on the field a lot. And Kyler, you know, Kyler Murray could make something happen with him. And then Nicole Hardman, he's kind of in the MVS kind of idea. Like, He's going to be on the field. He's going to be a deep threat, and Tyreek Hill's gone. So I do think it's worth taking some shots on him in Kansas City's offense. Well, that's it. That's everybody that you <laughs> sent me, which is a ton of players. But I think that you do kind of need to know. And I think that one thing that we all have to remember, and it's a, kind of depends on your league. you got a bunch of sharps in your league, right, where uh, everybody's really on top of this and really knows. Or are you taking – you know, are you on a league where, you know, people are going to take – Tom Brady is the second quarterback because they know who Tom Brady is. You know, I mean, like where are you at in terms of your league is going to really impact just how far advanced you need to know, because in some level you might be able to clean up with guys that we already talked about in the previous podcast before, you know, and not have to worry about these guys too much. But if you're playing in a pretty competitive league, you really need to understand how to build out your flex position, your, your, your bench depth. Um, you know, I'm someone who likes to have, uh, you know, I, I fill out my roster to some extent, like I want to have, you know, feel comfortable with positions, then depending on how I've drafted is how I compose my bench, right? So if I've drafted really well at, you know, running back one and two, I, I still need a running back three, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a running back four, but, you know, I'm going to probably 
get some wide receivers because I spent those high picks at running back. I want to make sure that I have enough wide receivers. A lot of times wide receivers, a little bit more volatility uh, with, with some of these guys or they get hurt, right? I mean, running backs get hurt too. So I want a lot of running backs, a lot of, a lot of wide receivers. I don't take a backup tight end. Yeah. Right. Like I just don't do that. I will take a backup quarterback sometimes just because, especially if you take a guy that you're kind of pairing two with, or you think that this guy just got a lot of upside, um, I'll maybe carry that extra quarterback. A lot of people won't. And and maybe some people are like, that's that's a fantasy faux pas. You shouldn't take a, a backup quarterback. But I, I kind of like that sometimes if I have a guy that I'm just like, you know, this guy's missed time in the past. I'm going to I'm going to back him up with somebody I think has a lot of upside. Um, but in general, you know, you're going to have to kind of understand, you know, do I do I make a bet on. You know, if I make a bet on uh, a Devin Singletary, which is this is what I did. So I made a bet on Devin Singletary to be my running back three. And then a little later, I said, you know what? Just in case he gets beat out here in the early season by James Cook, I'm going to take James Cook too, because I love that offense. I think it yeah. could be the best offense in the league. And I would like their running back. <laughs> like it's yeah. as simple yeah. as that. Uh-huh. So, so for me, it became, I've got Devin Singletary. I'm also going to take James Cook. And you yeah. might find yourself in a situation where you say, I took Ramonde Stevenson. I got him, you know, at, at a nice price. Why not just take Damian Harris? So that I have the New England backfield, I feel pretty confident that I have the contributor in that backfield. Maybe it's a total backfield split, and the you know it's not going to be a great winner or anything. But to me, that's that's a nice use of your bench. Um, mm-hmm. Some people will take all lottery tickets, right? They'll take these, you know, the sleepers, the deep shots, because in a way, that's probably what fantasy is fun, most fun for them. Is that yeah. they have. Um, you know, they take all these deep shots and if one of them hits like, man, I hit, I won the lottery. How cool is that? Nothing wrong with that. But I, I sort of limit myself to maybe one or two of those types of players where I feel like really more, uh, these guys can contribute to, you know, when I need them in bye weeks or someone gets hurt. Um, and then I might take like a, a player where I'm like, you know, one or two where I'm like, Hey, you know, this is, these are my guys. So uh, before we pick our favorite players, I just want to, you know, Talk me through how you think about building your depth and building your building your bench uh, when you're right. going through drafts. Yeah, so I tend to really push it on quarterback and tight end where I just take one for the most part. Uh, part of that is because I'm doing this stuff around the clock and I, I feel pretty confident in my waiver abilities. So you should definitely factor that in. But I think today shows you there are a lot more later round running backs that I'm interested in. And once you get to this stage of it for receivers, there's a bunch of rookies that we really don't know what to expect from them. And that really makes me want to load up on receivers early um, because like, there's still like, we, we mentioned a lot of names in the sleeper category that I like at running back, like Kenny Gainwell, uh, Daryl Henderson. Um, there, there's a lot of good backs in this range, but like, if you want a, a veteran receiver, we're talking like the Van Jefferson types, um, some players we didn't mention, like Randall Cobb or DJ Chark. Like receiver kind of falls off a cliff once we start getting to this range. And we've got all these running backs like Devin Singletary that we like and James Cook. So that's really how I look at this is make sure you know where the different tiers are, the positions, so you can draft those locked in receivers early. You can take shots on some of these high upside, you know, low four running backs because if you don't take enough receivers early and you want any kind of upside at receiver, you're going to end up taking like three of these rookies. And that can be really tough on your roster early on. They just, I mean, we've seen some great rookies take a few weeks to break out in the past. So I I think that's really like, 
look at those later round receivers. And if you don't feel comfortable taking a bunch of receivers that are rookies, like you need to start drafting them before the the seventh round. You know what I mean? Like you really need to load up on them. So that's really how I look at it is just make sure that when you hit those later rounds, there are players that you want to target that fit what your roster construction needs. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And only you know your league. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's no analyst or anybody that's creating content about fantasy understands exactly what your league is right and so um that that's always the tough thing right like as you know when i was again when i was doing this a little bit more uh people would ask me a question and i say well i you know i'd probably pick up that i like this guy better like well but you know my league has you know you know it's like do you just want me to tell you what you're going to do? Like, you yeah. know, you're, you're clearly you already have a preference for player B just take player B. Right. Yeah. You know, your league better than anybody. So, so you're, you're going to ultimately have to own any decision that you make, but um, yeah. it, it is something that, you know, there's a little game theory here, right? Like you need to kind of know who you're drafting against, you know, you, you know, you, if you're drafting next to the guy that, you know, always takes, uh, you know, players on his favorite team or, um, you know, you know that this guy takes multiple quarterbacks and you still need a quarterback. And like, do you really want to risk sending that back to him? Cause he's going to take that last quarterback, you know, I don't know. Like there's just a little bit of that sort of game theory where you, you know, you learn your competition a little bit and you'll be able to draft um, even better. So we're going to go through here. Uh, I know we've been doing two favorites. So there's so many guys here. So yeah. I'm going to say three favorites each. Um, you get to pick one of your boom bust guys. You okay. get to pick one rookie and you get to pick one sleeper. Okay. So, I mean, I've, I've just committed to Traylon Burks too much at this point. Um, I know it looks rocky right now. It might be a slow start to the season, but I just don't see any way he's just not getting fed the ball at some point. As long as he's on the field, the ball is going to find him. So um, I would not, I would make sure you know his ADP. You can probably get him at a pretty good discount nowadays, but I still have a lot of hopes for Traylon Burks. So I'm, I'm one bad preseason. I'm not getting off of him. I learned that with Jamar Chase last year. Uh, he's not Jamar Chase, but, uh, but let's, let's see him in the regular season. <laughs> I mean, I agree with, I actually did take him. You, you know, that I I sent you my team Um, here. I just had my home draft and my home league draft here. Um, I'm in on Traylon Burks too. If we were taking, if we were including the top two, it would be Devin Singletary because he's, he's kind of like, I want to be in that bills offense. Um, And and I think that he's going to emerge as the guy that's going to take, you know, get the most of the, uh, the points from the running back position. But I took both of those guys. Um, I will stick uh, also with Traylon Burks uh, as well. Uh, let's move on to the rookies, um, the rookie category. Again, Traylon Burks is a rookie as well, but like uh, we had a whole rookie tier. So who, who in the rookie tier is your guy? Man, it's – I'll just talk it through. I really want it to be Sky Moore. Um, he's just got so many people to beat out in Kansas City, and it's I, – I think Pickens has the clearer path, and it's probably the better talent, honestly. Oh man, I, I'm going to go more. I just, it's Mahomes. Like I just, I want shots in this offense. And I think Sky Moore, if he, you know, he's been compared to like Golden Tate kind of, you know, like oh, it, yeah. that sounds good to me. Like just get the ball in his hands and let him work after the catch. So it might take a little while and I hate to sit on these players early, but uh, the upside is huge. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about Alec Pierce a little bit. I'd love to see if he can, if he can really pop there in in Indy. He was a guy that we really thought, uh, you know, Windy City Gridiron people were really in on as a potential guy to get a little later. He, he ended up 
rising up yeah. the draft board a little bit more. Um, but Chris Olave has a ton of talent. Um, and I think that he's maybe not getting talked about enough. I mean, I like George Pickens. I just not necessarily convinced in that, in that uh, target share that he's going to have there um, in, in Pittsburgh this year, I think he would be an excellent dynasty pick or keeper pick yeah. for you to stash. And so like, I'm all in on George Pickens, the player, uh, as as being a guy that could potentially develop into something big, but I don't think I think like you said, high draft pick that we're maybe losing sight of. That's Chris Olave, and yeah. if Michael Thomas really is dealing with another injury issue, um, I, I think that he could be the beneficiary. And I haven't heard much from him, but I haven't heard a lot of negative, right? Like I haven't heard the like, uh oh. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on Chris Olave here, uh, yeah. and then uh, let's let's finish with the sleeper. Yeah, so, man, early in the offseason, I think it would have been Daryl Henderson. I'm still drafting him a ton, but I think the C's are kind of parting for Kenny Gainwell, honestly. Like, I hmm. I just think he's worth drafting at this point. I mean, if if Miles Sanders is back and healthy, that's going to hurt him some. But if Sanders is out, like, I just – if they give the ball 20 times to Boston Scott again this year, a game, I would just – man, they can't keep doing that, can they? Like, maybe Boston Scott's the answer, but I, I think there's a lot of opportunity over Gainwell, and I've – I've started drafting a lot recently. Well, feel free to use my Austin Powers joke uh, in an article. Um, you, you're granted permission uh, to, to 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 do that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it on Josh Palmer. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know that he's gonna get enough targets to warrant this, uh, but you know, Keenan Allen is not the youngest guy in the world. Uh, Mike Williams has missed plenty of time, and I think that Palmer has. Uh, emerged as a reliable weapon and and this is Justin Herbert we're talking about here and this offense looks like it's going to be one of the five best in the league and so if that's the case you're looking at what kind of target share do I get out of a great quarterback Uh, I think Palmer's going to have enough to be relevant and on your at least on your bench he's going to be worthy of your roster spot and if something happens where he emerges as a real third option there um, or one of those guys gets dinged up and has to miss some time. I think he's going to really pay off. And so for me, it's Josh Palmer because I'm betting on the quarterback. I'm betting on the offense and I'm betting on him taking that next step in his development. And I think all of those things are in my favor. So Palmer's yep. my guy. No, I love it. And I've been waiting for somebody to step up as the third receiver in this offense. Well, fourth, if you count Eckler, but uh, it sure. does seem like Palmer's been stepping up this off season. So we've just been waiting for it and it's looking promising. Yeah. Really fun uh, conversation here. I, yeah. this is, this is the fantasy nerd part of the draft. I understand that, but I think that if you want to be, you know, if you want to win your league, you have to draft well to some extent and you have to manage your team well during the year. Like, it's at least one of those things, but probably both. Um, but I think to draft well, it's like avoiding mistakes early, like mm-hmm. avoiding pitfalls early. And then it's finding value here in these later rounds where you're not going to have to rely on being this amazing in-season manager and, and not, you know beating everybody out for for some of these uh, pickups and, and uh, using your free agent acquisition budget really well and all that kind of stuff. If you can get a couple of these guys that end up doing, you know, uh, being contributors, then you're going to be in a really good position to, you know, to to win weeks and and win your league. So, um, I think this stuff is really the most fascinating, and I, I couldn't have prepped uh, as well without you because you're a wealth of information, and I really appreciate that. 
I think that we could probably get back together one more time and just kind of talk big strategy, how you stack each of these individual tiers. Um, maybe we don't even need to, you know, this feels like we've kind of done that at the end um, yeah. with the flex stuff, but maybe we talk through, you know, how do you draft elite quarterbacks versus elite tight ends versus, you know, your maybe second or third tier wide receivers. And when do you start thinking about taking, you know, Josh Allen, when do you start th thinking about taking Joe Burrow, um, you know, that, that next tier quarterback. So um, maybe we can get together one more time. Um, yeah. But if you haven't viewed the quarterbacks, the tight ends, the wide receivers, the running backs, those are all out there. If you're drafting this weekend, we have put it all out there for you, uh, but we'll do one more if you're a Labor Day weekend drafter and we'll, we'll get one more in with you. But um, Eric, what's going on at QB list uh, that you want to plug before we get out of here? Oh, tons of stuff. Uh, we got our What We Saw articles up. So if you want to catch up on the, the preseason games um, from a fantasy football perspective, check it out. We only got one weekend left of preseason games, and then we're going to start prepping for the regular season. So um, I, I would just say check out the podcast. Uh, Ryan Heath and I will be doing uh, the Sit Start podcast once the season starts, and we'll we'll go through the questionable you know decisions each week and tell you who you should start. So it's a lot of fun, but it's wild that we're already thinking about our first Sit Start podcast. This offseason went so quick. So I'm just excited. Check it out. Lots of good stuff, and uh, we'll be – we're just getting started. So uh, the, the, the work's really about to begin here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the, that's the crazy thing is like, oh, we did all this work at the preseason. And then, oh, by the way, the regular season is a grind. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, we will uh, be back soon.